to the book of 2nd Chronicles chapter 30. Our text again uh, tonight is chapter 30 of 2nd Chronicles. Hear now the word of the living God. Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah and wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel. For the king and his princes and all the assembly in Jerusalem had taken counsel to keep the Passover in the second month, for they could not keep it at that time because the priests had not consecrated themselves in sufficient number, nor had the people assembled in Jerusalem. And the plan seemed right to the king and all the assemblies, so they de- decreed to make a proclamation throughout all Israel from Beersheba to Dan, that the people should come and keep the Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel, at Jerusalem, for they had not kept it as often as prescribed. So couriers went throughout all Israel and Judah with letters from the king and his princes, as the king had commanded, saying, O people of Israel, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, that he may turn again to the remnant of you who have escaped from the hand of the kings of Assyria. Do not be like your fathers and your brothers who were faithless to the Lord God of their fathers so that he made them a desolation as you see. Do not now be stiff-necked as your fathers were, But yield yourselves to the Lord and come to his sanctuary, which he has consecrated forever. And serve the Lord your God, that his fierce anger may turn away from you. For if you return to the Lord, your brothers and your children will find compassion with their captors and return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return to him. So the couriers went from city to city throughout uh, through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh and as far as Zebulun, but they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. However, some men of Asher, of Manasseh, and of Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. The hand of God was also on Judah to give them one heart to do what the king and the princes commanded by the word of the Lord. And many people came together in Jerusalem to keep the feast of unleavened bread in the second month of very great assembly. They set to work and removed the altars that were in Jerusalem and all the altars for burning incense they took away and threw into the brook Kidron. And they slaughtered the Passover lamb on the fourteenth day of the second month. And the priests and the Levites were ashamed, so that they consecrated themselves and brought burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. They took their accustomed post according to the law of Moses, the man of God. The priests threw the blood that they received from the hand of the Levites, for there were many in the assembly who had not consecrated themselves. Therefore the Levites had to slaughter the Passover lamb for everyone who was not clean to consecrate it to the Lord. 
or a majority of the people, many of them from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulun, had not cleansed themselves, yet they ate the Passover otherwise than as prescribed. For Hezekiah had prayed for them, saying, May the good Lord pardon everyone who sets his heart to seek God, the Lord, the God of his fathers, even though not according to the sanctuary's rules of cleanness. And the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people. And the people of Israel who were present at Jerusalem kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with great gladness. And the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day by day, singing with all their might to the Lord. And Hezekiah spoke encouragingly to all the Levites who showed good skill in the service of the Lord. So they ate the food of the festival for seven days, sacrificing peace offerings and giving thanks to the Lord, the God of their fathers. Then the whole assembly agreed together to keep the feast for another seven days. So they kept it for another seven days with gladness. For Hezekiah, king of Judah, gave the assembly 1,000 bulls and 7,000 sheep for offerings. And the princes gave the assembly 1,000 bulls and 10,000 sheep. And the priests consecrated themselves in great numbers. The whole assembly of Judah and the priests and the Levites and the whole assembly that came out of Israel and the sojourners who came out of the land of Israel and the sojourners who lived in Judah rejoiced. So there was great joy in Jerusalem. For since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. Then the priests and the Levites arose and blessed the people. And their voice was heard, and their prayer came to his holy habitation in heaven. Thus ends the reading of God's very word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we bow before you now as your little children asking that you would come, and you, Lord Jesus, would speak the word of life to our hearts, that we would see uh, Lord Jesus, that you are that glorious Passover lamb, uh, that you alone can take away sin and make us right with you, the living God. That, Lord, we would see that you are that temple that we are called to uh, run to uh, and, and meet with you, that we might be reconciled as we confess our sins to you and then offer ourselves as living sacrifices with joy and gladness to you, the true and the living God. Oh Lord, we pray that you would encourage us. And as you brought this great revival in Hezekiah's day, that Lord, you would do that again in our day by the power of your Spirit. Lord, in our own hearts, in our homes, in our church family, in this community, in this state, in our whole nation, the other nations of the world, that we would know the power of your mighty hand to save. We make our prayer in the name of Jesus. 
Amen. Well, last Lord's Day evening, we began looking at this passage of Scripture and saw the backdrop of the Passover. And tonight, now, we want to press on looking at the particulars uh, in this chapter. First of all, in verses 1 down through 5, we see the decision to keep the Passover. Uh, We read there in verse 1, Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah and wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel. For the king and his princes and all the assembly in Jerusalem had taken counsel to keep the Passover in the second month. Now, it would be easy for us to read over this and, and uh, it not uh, sort of um, shock us. Uh, but if you'll turn with me to Numbers chapter 9, Numbers chapter 9, we have instruction uh, about uh, this very thing. Normally, God's people would keep the Passover uh, in those uh, uh, Old Testament times beginning with the deliverance of God's people from bondage in Egypt in the first month. As a matter of fact, their calendar was reset so that that would begin from that day on to be the first month of the year. It was such a big event. But here we read in Numbers chapter 9 that this first Passover is celebrated. In verse 1 and following, the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the first month of the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Let the people of Israel keep the Passover at its appointed time. On the fourteenth day of this month at twilight you shall keep it at its appointed time according to all its statutes and all its rules you shall keep it. And we looked at much of that last Lord's Day uh, over in the book of Exodus. There's more information in chapter 12 uh, and so forth. Well, verse 4. So Moses told the people of Israel that they should keep the Passover. And they kept the Passover in the first month on the 14th day of the month at twilight in the wilderness of Sinai, according to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so the people of Israel did. And there were certain men who were unclean through touching a dead body so that they could not keep the Passover on that day. And they came before Moses and Aaron on that day. And these men said to him, We are unclean through touching a dead body. Why are we kept from bringing the Lord's offering at its appointed time among the people of Israel? And Moses said to them, Wait, that I may hear what the Lord will command concerning you. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, If any one of you or of your descendants is unclean through touching a dead body or is on a long journey, he shall still keep the Passover to the Lord in the second month on the fourteenth day at twilight. They shall keep it. 
They shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall leave none of it until the morning, nor break any of its bones. According to all the statute for the Passover, they shall keep it. But if anyone who is clean and is not on a journey fails to keep the Passover, that person shall be cut off from his people because he did not bring the Lord's offering at its appointed time. That man shall bear his sin. And so here in Second Chronicles chapter 30, the situation was that because of the spiritual decline that had grabbed hold uh, of the people in general, uh, we read that there had been a long lapse in uh, uh, the uh, service of the living God, including uh, not keeping the Passover. And so uh, when it got time uh, for the Passover to be celebrated, uh, the people realized we are not ready. Our hearts are not prepared. Our lives are in, in a shambles. And so Hezekiah uh, assembled uh, the princes uh, and they sought the face of the Lord. And it was on the basis of this provision that God had made uh, that they said, well, we're not ready as we should have been uh, in the first month. And so uh, God has made this provision. We are reminded here uh, of the amazing grace of God, uh, that our Lord Jesus is full of mercy to us. And so that was why they didn't just make up something. Uh, they sought to be faithful to the Lord according to his revealed will, uh, the Holy Scriptures. And so we read in verse 4 of Second Chronicles 30, And the plan seemed right to the king and all the assemblies, so they decreed to make a proclamation throughout all Israel, from Beersheba to Dan, that the people should come and keep the Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel, at Jerusalem, for they had not kept it as often as prescribed. God had commanded his people to keep this festival, this feast, every year in the first month on the 14th day of the month, and made this provision that if any were unclean, uh, then... Uh, they could do so uh, on the second month. Uh, well, here uh, now in verse 6 and following, we see this letter, uh, this call, this invitation uh, that God moved Hezekiah uh, to send out, not just in Judah, uh, the southern kingdom that he was king over, but he graciously invited uh, even the northern uh, tribes to come to Jerusalem. Uh, he's not asking them uh, to rejoin the southern uh, kingdom. He is telling them they need to seek the face of God. Uh, we'll come back uh, uh, to that term, um, but I... Well, I tell you what, let's go ahead and look. Um, you remember we've seen over and over that 
uh, God had made a provision um, in Second Chronicles chapter 7. And before we just go through these verses, let me just point out to you how in chapter 30 uh, of Second Chronicles, we see these key words and concepts that we made reference to last Lord's Day, reminding us once again uh, of, of the answer of God Almighty to King Solomon uh, years and years before uh, to his prayer to God when the temple was dedicated. And so in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And so here we see in 2 Chronicles chapter 30 all of those um, uh, things uh, being uh, referred to, either explicitly or the concept clearly being presented. Uh, for example, uh, we see in verse 10 and 11, uh, here these people who come to Jerusalem heeding uh, the call of King Hezekiah and the princes uh, of, of Judah, uh, saying we need to uh, uh, come uh, uh, to the Lord God. Uh, how is that described? Well, uh, uh, sadly, the majority of the people in the northern kingdom mocked and laughed when they received this invitation. But notice verse 11. However, some men of Asher, of Manasseh, and of Zebulun did what? Humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. And so here we see the hand of God at work bringing uh, revival. And we beg that God would grant that to us, that we would be humble before the Lord and bow before the living God, seeking the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. On down in uh, this same chapter, uh, I want you to notice in verse 18, um, for a majority of the people, many of them from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulun had not cleansed themselves, yet they ate the Passover otherwise than as prescribed. For Hezekiah had what? had prayed for them, if my people shall humble themselves, and what? Pray. And, and then we see seeking the face of God. And this whole matter of coming uh, to Jerusalem itself, uh, uh, the temple was described uh, in terms of its uh, a precursor, uh, the tent. It was called the what? The tent of meeting where you could go and meet with God. Uh, and so when people would come and, and, and want to meet with God, they were coming to seek the face of, of God. And this feast itself implied that people realized, I need a sacrifice. I need cleansing. I have a sin problem. 
And as uh, God's people were reminded that the Passover lamb and the sprinkling of the blood on the lintel and the doorpost, God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over that house. And then, of course, uh, this uh, last element, uh, turn from their wicked ways. Uh, We see uh, here... Uh, uh, Hezekiah announcing uh, that uh, we're inviting you to come. And so uh, in in verse 6, So couriers went throughout all Israel and Judah with letters from the king and his princes as the king had commanded, saying, O people of Israel, return to the Lord. And it's the same word, exact word, that we read in chapter 7, verse 14. If my people turn from their wicked ways. Well, when we repent, uh, it's the the Hebrew word that uh, we would uh, um, use as a synonym for repentance. Uh, If my people turn, they turn from sin, we turn to God. And we see Uh, that when this um, Passover is now uh, anticipated, uh, they consecrated themselves. Uh, They said, I I belong to God, and I'm giving myself anew to Him. And He is a holy God, and I need to get rid of the things that are not pleasing in His sight. Uh, This matter of consecrating. And so there in Jerusalem itself, there were all kinds of expressions of wickedness. There were these altars to these pagan gods. And you can see um, in verse 14, they set to work and removed the altars that were in Jerusalem. Now they're not talking about the altar that was in the temple. Uh, They were talking about the altars uh, to all of these pagan deities. And the people understood, this is not pleasing in God's sight. We need to get rid of them. Uh, this, is, this is wicked in God's sight. Well, uh, it is a, a, a wondrous thing when we think about uh, this revival uh, that is breaking out here in Second Chronicles chapter 30. So this letter goes out, and we'll return back looking now at the particulars. Um, In verse 6, the couriers went throughout all Israel and Judah with letters from the king and his princes, as the king had commanded, saying, O people of Israel, return to the Lord. And that's the same word that we see in chapter 7, verse 14 the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, that he may turn again to the remnant of you who have escaped from the hand of the kings of Assyria. Do not be like your fathers and your brothers who were faithless to the Lord God of their fathers so that he made them a desolation as you see. Do not now be stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves to the Lord and come to his sanctuary which he has consecrated forever, and serve the Lord your God, that his fierce anger may turn away from you. For if you return 
to the Lord your brothers and your children will find compassion with their captors and return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return to him. Boy, there's a lot of turning going on. Uh, if the people turn uh, from wickedness to the Lord, God will turn and smile his gracious face uh, upon his people. And so in verse 10, uh, here was the response. Verse 10 and following. So the couriers went from city to city throughout the country of Ephraim and Manasseh and as far as Zebulun, but they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. And so here we have uh, the, the tragic uh, response of so many in the northern kingdom. Uh, when they hear this call, it, it, it's uh, the, the Lord God that we need uh, to run to. And he has appointed this city as the place. And this is the way that we are to express uh, our uh, faith uh, in the living God. We are to offer sacrifices and keep these feasts. And all of that was a shadow and picture uh, of the person and work of Messiah. Uh, they laugh at that. They scorn them. They mock them. Now, if you'll turn with me, we'll look at, again, the passage that we looked at uh, this morning uh, for our call to worship in the book of Zechariah, um, Zechariah chapter 7. And here we have a summary statement. And when we get to the end of Second Chronicles, uh, we'll see that God summarizes the whole history of his people in this same way. Uh, in Zechariah chapter 7, verse 8, And the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, saying, Now this is written uh, after uh, the uh, uh, dispersion. Um, God is announcing to his people uh, through his prophet, Zechariah, that uh, God is going to graciously rebuild uh, after the 70 years. Well, um, thus says the Lord of hosts, Render true judgment, show kindness and mercy to one another. Do not oppress the widow, the fatherless, the sojourner, or the poor, and let none of you devise evil against another in your heart. But they refused to pay attention and turned a stubborn shoulder and stopped their ears that they might not hear. They made their hearts diamond hard, lest they should hear the law and the words that the Lord of hosts had sent by his Spirit through the former prophets. Therefore great anger came from the Lord of hosts, as I called and they would not hear, so they called and I would not hear, says the Lord of hosts. And I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations that they had not known. Thus, the land they left was desolate, so that no one went to and fro, and the pleasant land was made desolate. Um, turn with me to Second Chronicles chapter 36. And 
we will, Lord willing, eventually come to this last chapter of Second Chronicles. And here now is, is God's summary statement, uh, looking back over the history uh, of God's people. Uh, the last king of Judah, King Zedekiah, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, is knocking at the door. Um, he has already come and carried away Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and he's come again. And uh, we read in verse 11, Zedekiah was 21 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. He did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet, who spoke from the mouth of the Lord. He also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear by God. He stiffened his neck and hardened his heart against turning to the Lord, the God of Israel. All the officers of the priests and the people likewise were exceedingly unfaithful, following all the abominations of the nations. And they polluted the house of the Lord that he had made holy in Jerusalem. The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent persistently to them by his messengers because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his words and scoffing at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people until there was no remedy. And so here we have in verse 15 and 16 um, this mocking uh, of, of the offer of God, the offer of of mercy, the offer of that there is a path to be reconciled with the living God. Uh, there is a path for our sin to be taken out of the picture so that the wrath of God will not rest upon us. And all of that uh, uh, in the Old Testament economy uh, pointed to the one who alone can take away sin. We read in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 4, about that Old Testament economy that it was impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. So when we read in 2 Chronicles chapter 30 about these people mocking, they're not just mocking at Hezekiah. They're not just mocking at the historical truths that Hezekiah is pointing to in his letter. Ultimately, they are mocking the offer of the gospel. They are mocking the provision of God. And in the Old Testament, it was the gospel in all of these shadow forms appointing uh, people to the Lamb of God who would come in the fullness of time who alone can take away sin. What a horrifying thing. Uh, they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. It would not be many years after this that the Lord would turn loose the king of Assyria 
to completely destroy the northern kingdom and it would never know existence again. The southern kingdom would linger on for many years. But it too, as we see in chapter 36, ends with this collision with the holy, holy, holy God. And the Lord did what he promised that Solomon had referenced in his prayer back in chapter 6. The end of the line comes and God removes his people from the land and destroys his temple and leaves it a smoldering pile of rubble. But there were those who did heed. Oh, what joy they experienced. And that's really what the rest of this chapter focuses on, is the people coming to Jerusalem and celebrating uh, in uh, great, great joy. Um, So we'll read in verse 12, The hand of God was also on Judah to give them one heart, to do what the king and the princes commanded by the word of the Lord. Sadly, it was not going to last. The next generation after Hezekiah would turn away in a startling way rejecting the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, rejecting the Christ, and perishing under the reign of King Manasseh, Hezekiah's son. Well, in verse 13, many people came together in Jerusalem to keep the feast of unleavened bread. The Passover was uh, the uh, uh, beginning of that feast and then for seven days there was a time of great joy as the people celebrated God has delivered us from bondage in Egypt and God is the one that we belong to and we want to honor him uh, we are his people we have been rescued by the blood of the lamb and we are his And we want to live that way. And so we read, they celebrated the feast of unleavened bread. In the second month, a very great assembly, they set to work and removed the altars that were in Jerusalem and all the altars for burning incense. They took away and threw into the brook Kidron and they slaughtered the Passover lamb on the 14th day of the second month. And the priests and the Levites were ashamed. Uh, Here, there was such a spiritual decline uh, that the the tribe that God had set apart for the purpose of leading and facilitating God's people seeking the face of God, uh, they were totally unprepared. Uh, They were not giving themselves to serve the Lord. And so here, as they see the people coming and saying, oh, we want... Uh, to express uh, our devotion uh, to the Christ, the great I am. We are here in Jerusalem to seek the face of God. They are ashamed because they realize we've dropped the ball. We're not ready uh, for this huge number of people. So, 
that they consecrated themselves and brought burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. They took their accustomed posts according to the law of Moses, the man of God. The priests threw the blood that they received from the hand of the Levites, for there were many in the assembly who had not consecrated themselves. And now we're talking about the people. The people were unprepared. The Levites were unprepared. Uh, and yet they sense, oh, we need to be right with God. We need to express our devotion to the living God. And, and so uh, the Levites then sacrificed the Passover lamb uh, for the people who were unclean. And we keep reading. Verse 17, for there were many in the assembly who had not consecrated themselves. And therefore the Levites had to slaughter the Passover lamb for everyone who was not clean to consecrate it to the Lord. For a majority of the people, many of them from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulun had not cleansed themselves. Yet they ate the Passover otherwise than as prescribed. And so how could this be? Well, uh, God sees the heart, and Hezekiah, for Hezekiah had prayed for them, saying, May the good Lord pardon everyone who sets his heart to seek God, the Lord, the God of his fathers, even though not according to the sanctuary's rules of cleanness. And the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people. Uh, this word healed is a, a word that has the idea of restoration, uh, of God forgiving them, of God smiling upon them, of God blessing his people. Verse 21, And the people of Israel who were present at Jerusalem kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with great gladness. And the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day by day, singing with all their might to the Lord. Uh, normally, when people uh, would touch a dead body or be unclean ceremonially because of some of uh, these other matters that we're going to look at in just a moment, there was an elaborate ritual that they were supposed to go through. Uh, and as we're going to see, the book of Hebrews chapter 9 makes reference to those elaborate rituals. But all of it had to do with pointing to the one who alone can make us clean in the sight of God. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so God saw the hearts of the people that even though uh, they had not followed all the prescribed things that God had instructed them to do, yet God heard and healed the people. And so verse 21, the people of Israel who were present at Jerusalem kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with great gladness. And the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day by day, singing with all their might to the Lord. And Hezekiah spoke encouragingly to all the Levites who showed good skill in the service of the Lord. One of the things the Levites were supposed to do, they were supposed to instruct the people. They were supposed to open up the Word of God, not just lead God's people going through an outward ritual, but to give instruction to them so that their hearts would be prepared and they would be looking to the Christ. 
So they ate the food of the festival for seven days, sacrificing peace offerings and giving thanks to the Lord, the God of their fathers. Well, the Lord's blessing and smile was upon them such that indeed uh, a, a renewal was taking place. And we read in verse 23, Then the whole assembly agreed together to keep the feast for another seven days. Here they had neglected year after year after year uh, to express their faith in the way that God had commanded. But now they say, oh, the Lord is good and we need to rejoice in his presence. So they kept it for another seven days with gladness. For Hezekiah, king of Judah, gave the assembly 1,000 bulls and 7,000 sheep for offerings. And the princes gave the assembly 1,000 bulls and 10,000 sheep. And the priests consecrated themselves in great numbers. The whole assembly of Judah and the priests and the Levites and the whole assembly that came out of Israel and the sojourners who came out of the land of Israel and the sojourners who lived in Judah rejoiced. So there was great joy in Jerusalem for since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. Then the priests and the Levites arose and blessed the people, and their voice was heard, and their prayer came to his holy habitation in heaven. Now let's go over to the book of Hebrews and look at God's commentary on some of these rituals that we've read about um, and what God says about them. Hebrews chapter 9. Beginning in verse 1 and following. Now even the first covenant had regulations for worship and an earthly place of holiness. For a tent was prepared, the first section in which were the lampstand and the table and the bread of the presence. It is called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a second section called the most holy place or the holy of holies having the golden altar of incense and the ark of the covenant covered on all sides with gold, in which was a golden urn holding the manna and Aaron's staff that budded and the tablets of the covenant. Above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot now speak in detail. These preparations having thus been made, the priests go regularly into the first section performing their ritual duties. But into the second only the high priest goes, and he but once a year, and not without taking blood, which he offers for himself and for the unintentional sins of the people. By this the Holy Spirit indicates that the way into the holy places is not yet opened as long as the first section is still standing, which is symbolic for the present age. According to this arrangement, gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper, but deal only with food and drink and various washings. And the word washings there is the Greek word baptismos. Various baptisms, regulations for the body imposed until the time of reformation. What was the time of reformation? Verse 11. But when Christ appeared 
as a high priest of the good things that have come. Then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh. And so here we have a reference now. And I wish we had time. We'd go back to the book of Numbers and the book of Leviticus and look at some of these uh, uh, elaborate detailed rituals that the priests were supposed to go through. But all of this had to do with making God's people clean. And it all pointed to Jesus, the Lamb of God. If the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of the heifer sanctified for the purification of the flesh, how much more? Will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And so uh, as we think about the revival that broke out by God's mighty hand, it didn't just happen, uh, but the Lord stirred in the heart of this, of this king. Hezekiah, and raised him up even in the face of idolatry and unbelief and gave him a heart that was on fire for the living God uh, that loved and saw that all of these shadows that God had graciously provided that were indeed glorious pointed to the Lamb of God who would come in the fullness of time and urged and led the people uh, to celebrate the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread together. And they did so. And the response was they had great joy because God had forgiven them and blessed them. How much more we who are on this side of the cross work of the Lamb of God, who see even more clearly uh, these precious truths as we experience the blood of Christ cleansing our hearts by faith. What should our response be? Indeed, great joy. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would write upon our hearts these precious words of Holy Scripture and that we would be led uh, by your Spirit to where they pointed, even in the Old Testament. But Lord, you now have revealed to us in Holy Scripture uh, the fullness uh, of, of your glory, that in the fullness of time you, O Son of God, were willing to leave the glories of heaven and come and take on human flesh to be the Lamb of God. Christ, our Passover, who laid down your life upon the cross, but death could not hold you. 
And Lord, you are the one who alone can cleanse our conscience from dead works so that we might now have the joy of serving you, the living God. And we do love and adore you. We rejoice that uh, all of the, the blood of bulls and goats pointed to you. And now that you have come, you sacrificed yourself once for all time. And Lord, we look to you and believe in you to cleanse us. And we rejoice to give ourselves from the heart to you, even this night. Oh Lord, we do humble ourselves. We do seek your face and pray and turn from our wicked ways. And Lord Jesus, you are the one that we turn to. Oh Lord, we give ourselves with joy and gladness to you. Hear our cry now. In Jesus we pray. Amen.